Welcome to the Conceive Baby podcast, where we give you access to leading international fertility experts across all aspects of fertility and preconception health to help you conceive and carry a healthy baby. Here's your host, natural fertility specialist and Conceive Baby founder, Tasha Jennings. Hi, and welcome to our Conceive Baby discussion today. Today, we'll be talking about a topic which affects many women and couples when they're trying for a family. A topic which you really, unfortunately, don't talk enough about, and that's miscarriage. No matter when it happens, miscarriage is an extremely upsetting and heartbreaking experience. The more we can know and understand about the causes of miscarriage, the better equipped we can be to help prevent it. So today we'll be discussing the amazing research of Dr. Laura Scharheim into the impact of diminished ovarian reserves and miscarriage risk. So firstly, for those of you who haven't joined us before, my name is Tasha Jennings, founder of Conceive Baby. I'm a naturopath, nutritionist, natural fertility specialist and author of The Vitamins Guide and The Fertility Diet, as well as an expert contributor to many major media publications. I'm also the director of Zycia. Now, Zycia means life and specialises in premium nutritional supplementation to promote and support life in its earlier stages. And as many of you who are part of the Conceived Baby community would know, I'm passionate about helping women and couples fall pregnant and have happy, healthy babies. My aim for Conceived Baby .com.au is to really bring together a team of specialists across all aspects of fertility and preconception health to provide you with qualified expert information to help you achieve your baby dreams. And one of those fabulous experts we have today is Dr. Laura Scharhein. Laura is a reproductive endocrinologist currently practicing at Pacific NW Fertility and IVF specialists in Seattle. As clinical faculty at the University of Washington and the director of the Centre of Recurrent Pregnancy Loss at Pacific NW Fertility, she is committed to providing excellence in patient care, teaching the next generation of women's healthcare providers and continuing research into the fields of infertility and recurrent pregnancy loss. Laura has published over 50 peer review research projects, is an active member of the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, Pacific Coast Reproductive Society, and the Seattle Gynecology Society. Dr. Shahine is an accomplished author of many blogs and articles, as well as her two books. Her first book, Planting the Seed of Pregnancy, An Integrative Approach to Fertility Care, she co-authored, a guide to both Eastern and Western approaches to fertility care, and her second book, Not Broken, an approachable guide to miscarriage and recurrent pregnancy loss. Now, Laura is dedicated to changing the conversation surrounding infertility and miscarriage, from one of shame and guilt to one of support and empowerment. So welcome, Laura. Oh, thank you so much, Tasha. I'm really excited to be here. It's so wonderful to have you here today. And as we discussed, it, it's a conversation we don't have enough of, and a lot of people are affected by miscarriage. 
So the more we can understand and your research really breaks some new ground in that understanding. So if we can start off, I guess, by telling us a bit more about diminished ovarian reserve and what that means for women. Sure, absolutely. So diminished ovarian reserve is um, it's a gray term um, and it's used differently in different research projects and the different providers. But in general, it means that um, there's low ovarian reserve, a woman's at the end of her fertility potential, there's um, very few eggs left in her reserves. And it's usually defined by laboratory values, um, which are not perfect, but in general, a cycle day three FSH or follicle stimulating hormone um, that should be less than 10. And if it's over 10, some studies will say that's a sign of diminished ovarian reserve or poor egg quality. And then the second lab test is anti-malarian hormone. Um, And this is a um, guide to quantitative uh, amounts in your reserve. Again, not a perfect test, but if there's a low AMH for someone's age, um, you think that that person might have diminished ovarian reserve as well. Okay. So is that something that we currently test for um, general practitioners in fertility care? It is something. And um, a lot more patients are asking for it, um, especially in their 20s and 30s when they're trying to plan for their fertility. Now that we have the ability to electively um, freeze eggs or freeze embryos as a part of part of uh, fertility preservation, a lot more women are asking for it. And so it's actually very important to um, to understand those tests and how to interpret them. Um, and in my uh, work with recurrent miscarriage, I'm actually seeing a lot more women at younger ages who are coming to me for recurrent miscarriage who have diminished ovarian reserve. And that's what a lot of my research is about. Right, so, so what causes diminished ovarian reserve in women? That is a great question, and I honestly wish that I knew. Um, We know that women are born with the same amount of eggs that they're going to have for their their life. And as, you know, each month, even if we only ovulate one egg, um, or even if we're not ovulating, if we're on birth control pills or even in pregnancy, um, we're still losing hundreds, maybe even thousands of eggs each cycle or each month. Um, And when you get towards the end of your reserves or you're getting to a lower number of eggs, we start to notice that it's taking longer to get pregnant. Um, Fertility treatments have a lower success rate and women have a higher risk of miscarriage. Right. So how does it affect miscarriages? Obviously, there's a lot of factors affecting miscarriage. Um, It's quite common and a lot of the factors are unknown. So the facts that you've, I guess, helped to pinpoint a cause is reassuring to practitioners and and women alike. So what what are the multifactorial causes of miscarriage and how does diminished ovarian reserve fit into that? Sure. Well, um, actually, I'm pretty unique in being a provider that is regularly and routinely checking for diminished ovarian reserve that's right now not a part of the expert guidelines um, at the American Society of Reproductive Medicine or in Europe, um, and I assume in Australia as well. Um, A typical evaluation and one that's really supported by expert groups really looks at anatomical causes of miscarriage, like a uterine septum or a fibroid that's located inside the uterine cavity. 
Um, there are genetic tests in parents looking for um, something called a balanced translocation. Um, it's a, something that parents are born with that can put them at higher risk of miscarriage. Some blood tests looking at um, endocrine factors, you know, thyroid, uh, ruling out diabetes, um, prolactin issues. Um, and then the one immune issue that is um, strongly associated with recurrent miscarriage is um, uh, antiphospholipid syndrome. So screening for that. Um, but I routinely check on ovarian reserve testing for my patients um, because I think it really helps guide them in their fertility planning um, but it's not necessarily routine and it's not something that all providers are going to check if someone comes to them with miscarriage. So is it something that people can request? Because I know a lot of practitioners, you know, there, there is nothing that we can do. I mean, that practitioners can do. So they send them away and start try again, which can be a difficult scenario for women who have experienced recurrent pregnancy loss and told there's no real reason for it and to, to just go away and try again. Is this something that they can request if they have had recurrent pregnancy loss? Well, I think it's definitely worth a discussion and they should be able to ask their providers for it. I think... Um, I think something that's really important to understand, and it kind of ties in what you just said um, with the cause and what we're looking for. So the most common cause of miscarriage in a first trimester miscarriage is a chromosome imbalance, meaning in the embryo, when the egg and sperm come together, the genetics don't line up the way they're supposed to. And this is incredibly common in human reproduction, and we're really learning more as we study more genetics. And um, 60 to 80% of first trimester miscarriages, if you test them, will show that there was nothing wrong with the woman who was conceiving or the man that was helping, but it was within that embryo from conception that egg and sperm just didn't line up correctly. And the reason that diminished ovarian reserve is connected with not only difficulty conceiving, but also miscarriage is that it's a sign that fewer of the eggs are able to do all of the genetic work that they need to. So it just makes logical sense that it's all hand in hand. You know, if you have diminished ovarian reserve, doesn't mean all the eggs are bad or unable to do what they need to. It's just a higher percentage. And I feel that there are some women who are conceiving but conceiving with poor quality eggs, having miscarriages, and that can be the first sign of diminished ovarian reserve. And I love what you said there, that it's not necessarily the women's women's fault. I think there's a lot of blame and shame, as, as we mentioned earlier, in relation to miscarriage. So if there are chromosomal abnormalities that, that you know make it impossible for that uh, embryo to progress into a healthy pregnancy, and there's some things that we can do to help solve that, that, that issue at, at the core um, egg level um, is really reassuring to women. So is, is there, what can we do to help improve our egg quality? Obviously, as we age, that naturally diminishes. Um, do you see more occurrence of diminished area of air and reserve in older women? And are there things we can do to, I guess, help solve that issue? Um, right. I know. I wish. Um, and that's really the next step in fertility treatment and IVF in general. You know, IVF is really good at certain things. Um, somebody has blocked fallopian tubes, IVF is great. If a man has a low sperm count, IVF is great. Um, the one sort of thing that we can't fix right now is make eggs better. If someone has good eggs, we can find them and we can help them conceive. 
Um, so if someone is having recurrent miscarriages and you can show by testing the pregnancies that it's a chromosome issue, um, a provider can offer IVF or in vitro fertilization with chromosomal screening of those embryos before the woman gets pregnant. But that's a very um, dramatic, you know, treatment in someone who a couple that's conceiving pretty easily and a couple that's conceiving pretty easily has a really high chance of the very next conception being a full term, healthy pregnancy without any intervention. So it's a really important um, concept to understand and an option to discuss with people, but it's, it's not a quick fix. Yeah, I think that's an important um, point as well because IVF is not a quick fix um, to infertility. Um, as I just said, it can be groundbreaking and, and amazing in, in certain conditions, but for others there is more we can do. And obviously diet and lifestyle factors um, play a role in the development of the egg and women can support that during that journey, but there are factors like age we cannot control. Um, so do, are you finding it more in younger women, older women? Is there a correlation? So in a study that I published in Fertility and Sterility in, um, about a year ago, I did find that patients in my practice that had recurrent pregnancy loss and did do in vitro fertilization or IVF with chromosomal screening of the embryos, I did find um, a higher incidence of diminished ovarian reserve in the younger patients. And in those younger patients with diminished ovarian reserve, we found a higher percentage of abnormal embryos. So if we could test them, you know, you would expect maybe at 35 to about half of the embryos to be abnormal, um, which sounds really high, but that's actually just the way it is. Human reproduction is not very efficient. Um, but in a 35-year-old woman with diminished ovarian reserve, she might have 75 or 70 uh, or 80% of the embryos be abnormal. So it's something that we were seeing at a younger age in the women with diminished ovarian reserve. Okay, so it sounds like this is something definitely worth exploring with your fertility specialist if you are experiencing recurrent pregnancy loss. It's another avenue that you can actually request and, and speak to your provider about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love the title of your book, um, Not Broken. I think that's a really apt description and something that's quite reassuring for women who have struggled with miscarriage. And you talk a lot about the different types of miscarriage as well. And I think it, it, it can be heartbreaking at any stage, whether it's, you know, progressed or not. With diminished ovarian reserve, is there generally first trimester, is it an early miscarriage? Is it, I guess, correlated with any particular type of, of miscarriage? Well, um, a Chromosomal issue, which is what is usually linked to poor egg quality or diminished ovarian reserve, will usually happen in the first trimester. Yep, it's usually earlier. So that's the main one that you would deal with in your in your clinic, right? Right. And i yeah. i do want to I do want to answer your question a little bit more. You know, you talked about is there anything that women can do um, when they're trying and sort of helping with egg quality. And, um, and I really focused on IVF when I was answering that question, but I really want to emphasize that IVF is not the right path um, for everyone and that it's very reasonable for women to continue to try naturally. And if they do, it is important to try to optimize health. 
And I think this is a lot of what you do with your work. And, um, you know, studies can show that certain environmental toxins can put somebody at increased risk of miscarriage, like tobacco, um, alcohol, marijuana, um, and even some lifestyle issues like obesity, um, which is a really delicate topic to bring up, bring up, but it really can be associated with a higher risk of miscarriage independent of age or diminished ovarian reserve. So um, trying to be as healthy as you can and focusing on any chronic illnesses like thyroid disease or diabetes um, can really help people and optimizing their health can help them be successful when they're trying naturally. Yeah, it's nice to be able to take control of some aspect of your fertility in that sometimes it does feel quite out of your control, whether you're trying to conceive naturally or via IVF. There's a certain element that we can't control, but we can control our diet and lifestyle factors. And if you do go to the Conceive Baby website, as, as Laura said, we do have some great information on there under the Enhancing Fertility section. There is a section on improving egg quality, which we do go through um, caffeine, alcohol, um, lifestyle factors, as well as vitamins and minerals that can help support that egg quality. So whatever we can do to actually help to create a healthy lifestyle and healthy environment for that egg to grow, uh, and develop and um, release the healthiest egg possible, I guess, to give you the best chance possible to, to get the healthiest egg. <laughs> so, is there any relationship to, to the male partner? When you have a diminished reserve, um, is it just the women that, that's generally the issue or do you do have um, some problems with the, with the male as well in those cases? Sure. Um, so men are a huge part of conception and having a healthy pregnancy and miscarriage, but they're, I just can't prove it. But, um, you know, they're 50% of the genetics. Um, they're a huge factor. And um, even though um, chromosomal issues are almost always an egg issue, if you look at the studies, um, there are absolutely some times where people have miscarriages and you can tell it's a sperm issue. Um, there's not a lot of research, unfortunately, into male um, reproduction um, and therefore male fertility and, and therefore not a lot of research into the male side of miscarriage. And that goes along with society's bias, you know, for centuries, anything that has to do with family building or anything that goes wrong is the woman's fault. And so we focus on that and what little research, which unfortunately is not very well-funded and not a lot of research is really usually female-focused. And there's more attention to the male part. You've seen some blog posts and some research coming out about um, age and uh, men can absolutely affect fertility. Um, there's some more sperm studies that are under investigation. But right now there's really um, no specific tests or um, anything that we can focus on for men, but I think it's coming in the future. It's good to say that we are at least having some, a lot of research into this, this area, which is appearing to be a growing growing area. I know you're, you've just got some new research that you are publishing soon um, in relation to furthering your research into diminished ovarian reserves um, and miscarriage in relation to women and their egg quality. Yeah. yeah, thanks. So I just keep seeing in my practice um, 
so many women coming to me for testing and evaluation of recurrent pregnancy loss. And because I test everybody for diminished ovarian reserve, I'm finding it a lot. And, and that's unique. So um, I have a database now of about um, three, 350 women who have come and had a full evaluation and under my care um, over the past few years. And um, I kept, I just keep seeing over and over again, you know, most people that do a full evaluation for recurrent pregnancy loss, at least 50% of the time, we don't find an abnormality in the people that are trying to conceive because the most common cause is within the embryo. So before I do any testing, I always say, listen, there's a really big chance we're not going to find that silver bullet, but we also want to make sure that we don't miss anything. And um, because I do, I checked diminished ovarian reserve, I kept seeing it over and over and over again. And so what I did was I looked back at all of the people who've had a full evaluation and I looked at women who have an explanation for their miscarriages when they come and see me, like an anatomic issue or antiphospholipid syndrome or something like that. And I compared it to women or couples that were unexplained. We did all the tests and everything came back normal. And if you compare those two groups, the women with unexplained recurrent miscarriage have a higher incidence of diminished ovarian reserve. So it's just a different way of looking at the same question and trying to see um, if what I'm seeing clinically and sort of feel is really showing in the data. Yeah, it's great to see that we may, you know, it is providing some sort of answer as well because unexplained infertility, I guess it's, it's great in some ways that we're not finding any issues, but also really disheartening in other ways is that everything is proving you know, okay and, and healthy, then, then what is the issue? So perhaps this is something that we can start to pinpoint and um, support women during. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we will make sure we put um, the information on the website um, in relation to Laura's research, as well as some links to um, the improving equality um, areas on the website as well. So you can help to look at those diet and lifestyle factors to actually support um, the health of the egg and, of course, um, the health of the sperm. Um, although, as Laura said, the research isn't there yet. Um, we are largely focused on the woman um, because it is often due to the uh, egg. We do have a lot of um, issues with, with male fertility as well, particularly exposure to toxins, um, seeing a lot of um, just through the Conceived Baby site um, jobs, lifestyle factors. We are living in a very toxic society, for want of a better term, and noticing that's affecting the men um, and the women. So there are a lot of things that you can do to help improve um, egg quality and also the testing available. Is that something that we can put on the on the site for everyone, Laura? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's um, it's the first chapter of my book. It's I go through... Um, you know, sort of the tests that are accepted and um, most expert societies would recommend your primary care provider, your OBGYN do. And I go through each test and I explain what we're looking for and what we do um, if we find that it's abnormal. And then the second chapter is just really all the controversies in care. So because you'll sometimes you'll go to five different providers and each one will do different things and say different things. Um, and that can be really frustrating and confusing for patients. So I'm just trying to explain how, you know, different studies show different things and different providers might do different things and that's okay. Yeah. 
it's great for people to understand that and not to feel disheartened by that and also to be an advocate of their own care as well. Um, if we can provide this information to people who may be struggling or other practitioners out there who are seeing um, recurrent pregnancy loss and unable to, to find a cause, there are some treatments available. So we'll be putting all those details as well as a link to Laura's book on the website and a link to the Improving Egg Quality um, as well as obviously links to the Fertility Diet, which is focused on, which is um, my book or focused on improving egg quality and healthy pregnancy outcomes. So is there anything you wanted to finish on today, I guess, to sum up, what would you suggest if there are women out there who are struggling with recurrent pregnancy loss, what is the first step in discussion with their fertility specialist and things that they can do? Absolutely. I think educating yourself a little bit um, before you go is is really important. Um, a lot of women come to me um, having really um, difficult interactions with other providers um, who um, have maybe been trying to be supportive, but just sort of said things in the wrong way. Um, like, for example, something that you said um, in that sometimes providers can be a little flippant and say, oh, everything's fine. Just try again. Well, find a provider that's going to say, listen, we're going to do the testing and we're going to make sure that we're not missing anything. But if we don't find an answer with the testing, that's okay. It means that it's probably with the embryo. And that means that probably the next time that you try, everything's going to be okay. So you might just say the same thing, but maybe in a different way. Um, I really do think um, I'm absolutely biased because I wrote it, but I really do think that um, my book can be a good resource for people just to get a basic understanding of what tests are out there and what things are controversial. Um, there are some treatments out there, um, a lot of immune treatments that are really, you know, unfounded and um, some of them can be harmful. So it's really important to know pluses and minuses of things that you do um, before you just um, do, you know, what someone tells you to do. Um, and I think the most important thing is just please remain hopeful. I think that finding the support system that you can take good care of yourself, the emotional impact of recurrent miscarriage is just amazing. And don't ignore that. And it calls into so much question. People do feel broken. And I just really want to get the message out there that there's they're getting through such huge hurdles if they are conceiving. Um, fertilization is happening, the embryo is implanting. Um, and if there's anything that we can do to help provide hope and help them keep trying, um, giving them good information, we really want to get there. That's wonderful information. I think that's um, absolutely what Conceive Baby is all about as well. And I'll make sure that we do put some information up there about your book uh, so people can uh, follow the links to get Laura's book. And we also have a directory there as well on the on Conceive Baby where you can uh, look for providers uh, who are hopefully um, a bit more apt in, in talking about miscarriage. And as you said, perhaps providing similar information, but just in a better way that is more hopeful because you've discussed a lot of women that you see recurrent pregnancy loss, most of them do go on to have their families. And I know we were discussing uh, before today that, that both you and I struggled with, with to conceive our children, and now we both have uh, two beautiful children, uh, <laughs> which is wonderful. So I think being an advocate of your own care, uh, I guess we were obviously fortunate enough to be in, in the industry and support our own journey, but if you don't have that information, make sure you do seek it out. Um, jump on Conceive Baby and we'll pop a, a link to Laura's book on there so that you can inform yourself because uh, the internet can also be 
a bit of an overwhelming and, and scary place when you are searching for infertility information and there may be a lot of misguided information out there. So do make sure that you do look at quality sources and we'll make sure that um, we have links to that um, on the Conceived Baby website so you are getting the best information to help you uh, conceive and carry a healthy baby. Great. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Laura. It's been really wonderful to have you and congratulations on both your research and your book. You are really making some fantastic inroads into solving these issues related to infertility and, and helping people on their pregnancy journey. Oh, it's a real honour. Thank you so much, Tasha. Uh, lovely to be with you and thanks everyone for for joining us today and if you want more information do jump on conceivebaby.com.au and be sure to sign up for the webinar series and our newsletter we also have some great free downloads and finding your fertile window and some other free recipe books on there as well so jump on conceivebaby.com.au and we look forward to speaking with you soon